Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we talk about the changing political landscape in Crowfall and how some of the recent patch changes are affecting this. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm uh, feeling pretty revolutionary. Revolutionary. <laughs> well, do tell. Well, the new dregs have started, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the guild that, that we made, that was a smaller guild, has been able to not only sustain the the smaller guild atmosphere, but we've continued to maintain non-toxic community and add a few key pieces, continuing to, to build on that. But we've been able to stay away from joining a mega mega guild. So I do, I am going to push back on something here for just a moment. Um, sorry. But that is, do you think that the mega guilds have toxic communities? No, no, I didn't mean to um, put those together. I just mean... I was just talking about our our guild in general. We've I guess the reason I say that, that is going. I don't even mean to pick on mega guilds with that or, or pick on you even, but just more like, does any guild exist with a toxic community? Probably not for long. Yeah, that was kind of my thought is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if yeah. so, how? Because why would anyone put up with it? <laughs> I just mean that, as you know, in playing MMOs, pick up groups, pick up guilds, someone that would potentially funnel in a lot of numbers for a bigger mm-hmm. guild could have those issues. Um, sure. That would have Again, to be worked out. It's I'm a terrible co-host to challenge you just straight out like that. <laughs> dead, so whatever. I've known you for a while, so we'll recover. You need um, to get that to PVP out of your system. <laughs> True story in Crowfall, I just get wrecked. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm I'm so fascinated now by the politics of Crowfall. It's so it's so interesting because since the start of Crowfall, which we're now in, this is the fourth campaign because we had July, August, September. Yeah, so this is the fourth dregs. Uh-huh. And up until this point, it's been dominated by pre-release players, people, beta players, right? Yeah, the the, the big mega guilds that were around not all of them, but a lot of them were established before the game launched. And these, you know, have members that have been playing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of impossible to unseat because going in, they just had a knowledge advantage and through that knowledge advantage, I'm sure an organizational advantage and, and all of those things. Yeah. And so I think I said, I think it was last week, because last week we recorded right before the new Dregs campaign started, like a day or two before. And I said, I'm really interested to see when Winterblades isn't at the top anymore. Now, to be clear, what I'm about to say, I think it is true that Winterblades is not at the top anymore, because I think a lot of their population has left, uh, mm-hmm. or is at least taking a break right now. 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know any of them, so I don't mean to speak that they've quit or something. I have no idea what their plans are, but they're not around. But there are like KDS. I know is still around, and, and so some of the older mainstay guilds are still still there. I think. But anyway, I said, when will Winter Blades not be in charge anymore, and what will that look like? Because part of why I've been so excited about Crowfall, as I've said ad nauseum, with the shifting campaigns, is that it it makes the politics a lot more volatile because it's constantly restarting. But that actually hadn't played out, right? The politics weren't volatile. The same yeah. guilds were towards the top every time. And yeah, with this most recent dregs, you know, last week we talked about New World coming out and a lot of people being excited by that and going to try it. And the last dregs was, had just come to an end. So we've seen a bit of a, a population hit and... And what that's resulted in, though, is the political shifting <laughs> that I've been clamoring for has finally arrived. <laughs> yeah, originally we thought that there would be more political shifting within the campaign during the course of it. But because of the time frame of the campaigns, it seems to be when a new campaign starts, that's when you see the bigger changes. And with the player base population, there's been a consolidation of active players um, mm -hmm. joining the guilds that are still around and, and still doing things. There seems to be also the changes with how the alliances work, where now you can have 15 guilds in an alliance, right? So there's a lot of shifting there where it seems like things are uh, gravitating towards maybe a handful of major alliances and there's less keeps to fight over as well right i think there's eight keeps total this time i think yeah because i think there's eight zones and the dregs four are adventure zones and then four are siege zones and those have two keeps each i believe yeah i like the the new layout of the map so far i think the the less keeps to fight over will be beneficial as well so i gotta say and this is i mean i'm totally just segueing and I'm not done talking about that yet, but I just also have to throw in. I, one thing that I didn't anticipate, you know, I was excited to having everyone having to start fresh with their resource uh, accrual, right? Cause you can't bring in all of your farmed resources since the game came out into the new dregs. Mm -hmm. I was excited about the, sh the changing politics because of, of that. But one thing that I hadn't anticipated at all was a, the world map changing as much as it has, because it used to be whenever the Dregs was one layout, whenever it was all a whole bunch of different campaigns, and then uh -huh. they combined it. And when they combined it, that map was enormous. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And now they've changed the world map again. So I love that the world map is changing each time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a permanent fixture or if it's just kind of iterative because they are kind of polishing the dregs experience campaign after campaign. So I don't know if eventually they get to a world map layout that they are comfortable with, you know, and that's where it ends. But I like that. And I also love that the individual zones are unique to each drag and I'm sure each shadow campaign as well, but it's, it's so cool <laughs> that you aren't running up against someone who just knows every nook and cranny of the map. You know, yeah, it, 
at the start of the campaign, it's really important to scout the new map and see if you can locate where good resources would be. And that kind of lends itself into what keeps you might want to target, along with, of course, the time zones. But Mm-hmm. being able to know where where you can find those resources is definitely important yeah well and it's 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 cool because it leads to a constant sense of discovery at least with each campaign like for example the other day we were playing and we found with our guild group uh, one of our guildmates found a camp there was a a war tribe camp so we mm-hmm. could farm there but then it also had several ore node spawns in it and the, the camp was kind of in a remote location. It wasn't next to any keep or anything like that immediately. So there wasn't a high chance of someone rushing out and killing us instantly, at least, right? Or, or fighting us. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it was a really it was a really good camp for the group that we had because we were able to have most of the people farming the, the war tribe and then a few people mining the ore nodes consistently. And so we were able to just basically keep that whole camp on farm with a small mm-hmm. group of people. Yeah. Um, but like, that's a cool little spot that we found, but next month that spot's not there. Right. Cause that map doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might not see anything like that. You know, it, there might be stone nodes there next time or, you know, it could be a completely different layout. Right. Exactly. So it's, I just, I think it's super fun. I think that's a super fun element that I hadn't, really anticipated and again it just it uh, to me it really is just another you know i feel like i've been down on crowfall a lot lately in our episodes because i'm constantly worried about how are they getting new players in and you know i complain Mm -hmm. about the ui or whatever but man some of the the design choices they've made are just brilliant they just work really well i have i have a theory that the dregs as we know it is going to be completely different maybe even three months from now six months from now a year later as they continue to polish and figure out what works and what needs to change and so on i I mean a part of me definitely i mean obviously i want them to continue to iterate that's the whole another part of the brilliance is it allows them to iterate quickly and make completely change the map and (laughs) if it if it if it's broken in some way fine next month change it again so i love that I I do hope though that they never get to a point where it's just settled, right? Like I hope we continually get new maps. I hope we continually get new layouts. I hope there's always an element of of the unknown because that's another form of power curve in a PVP game, right? Map knowledge. You know, I used to play Halo, take it away from MMOs at all. I used to play Halo 3 with a buddy of mine and Certainly, you need to be able to shoot well and play Halo and, and, you know, move around effectively and all that. But a huge part of the meta in that turned out to be, do you know when different power weapons and different special power-ups, like the ability to turn invisible, there's one of those on the map. And it and when it gets picked up, it spawns in a certain amount of time. I think it was like three minutes or something later. Mm-hmm. So how good are you at managing that timer? Because you can be a worse player, and if you have the power-ups, then you can can still have an advantage, right? So my point is just that map knowledge is in everything, not just MMOs. And and the fact that these maps are so big, 
would make it challenging to memorize them even within a single month. I mean, you could certainly learn a zone or a few that you were in frequently, but I would yeah. be hard pressed to believe that anyone would be able to just navigate every dreg zone, even by the end of a campaign, you know, without having to look at the map quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I have to look at the map all the time. I mean, last dregs, it was, I, I kind of got the layout of the zone that we were in because we had the keep and we were kind of just there all the time. Mm-hmm. But any, anytime we went into a different zone, having to pull up the map and check the uh, the portals, I mean, they're kind of laid out all over the zone. So if you're traveling some distance, you kind of got to know which portals to hit and really the best way to go through right. the zones. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I completely, like I said, went in a different direction with that whole map thing. I just, it's just something that I don't think I had really considered before. And I think that it's a brilliant piece of, of design to make knowing the map, something that starts fresh with every campaign too. So. Yeah. It keeps it fresh and it's interesting to see what the new layouts will be. I like the the overall shape, design changing, and number of zones and everything. Well, and it also just prevents shenanigans, at least for, for, for being present for a long time. And what I mean by that is, I remember in the very first, now this was probably in God's Reach, not in a dregs, but I don't, but anyway, whenever the, like within the first week of the game, me and a buddy were running around and we went to the, to some remote, end of a zone where there was no war tribes there wasn't really anything we were looking for mobs to kill i think to skin but Mm -hmm. that's not marked on the map clearly or something yeah and we ended up stumbling onto some hill that was not coded properly or i don't know (laughs) what words to use but the hill was bugged and you could run into it and (laughs) yeah but from a distance you couldn't like people like your name didn't show through the terrain or something right so Mm -hmm. arguably if you got in a fight in that area like you could go hide in that hill and either hide and escape or hide and use it as a place to gank from and no one would be the wiser now we didn't end up doing that ever (laughs) because i don't know that we went back to that zone very much more and besides that again it wasn't close to something where other people were going to be or any of that but now it doesn't matter that I knew that because I can't go back to that spot and find it because it's not there anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To your point, to having the map knowledge, yeah. there could be weird little things like that that people could use to their advantage. But it's nice to see that changing and shifting, you know. Yeah. So, again, to go back to the political landscape shifting or whatever. So, as oh, you were yeah. describing we've transitioned from some more established long lasting or not long lasting, but whatever long standing guilds that are dominating to now we're seeing new faces. Now it is still large alliances because it's almost required to have a, a lot of people in order to sustain a keep, right? Like mm-hmm. it'd be great to have a keep with your little 10 person guild, but there's just not a way unless you just, none of you have jobs or something. <laughs> There's just not a way to sustain it, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, there there is the remnants of Winter Blades, and I believe their their alliance is being head up by a guild that was in their alliance originally, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, our situation w- was a little bit more chaotic because 
we had started out as an alliance of smaller guilds. I, I think we had, we had five and then one of them ended up blowing up and then we added another one to that fifth spot halfway mm-hmm. through the dregs. But most of the the player base that we had in our alliance ended up taking breaks or quitting or trying new world or what have you. So probably from an overall standpoint, I mean, we were looking at, I don't know, 70, 80% loss in our alliance as mm-hmm. far as player base goes. And so having to figure out well, what's going to happen? Should we consolidate? Should everyone merge? And there was a few people that wanted to keep their own guild, so to speak. But also with the new dregs starting, you kind of have to take that initial week to figure out what everyone is is wanting to do. I mean, all the other guilds, who are they talking to? Who do they want to group up with, right? Mm -hmm. And then trying to figure out what our options are. One of the things that is really important is having a keep to craft at. Because if you can't craft at a keep, you're relying on import tokens, potentially crafting items in your EK, importing them over. Uh, I think you could factory them at the temple, but you're looking at a some sort of streamline factory setup that way without a keep, right? Mm-hmm. So seeing what alliances had what keeps and hopefully could potentially hold definitely influenced who we were going to support in, in that way. Well, and what's so what an interesting thing that came out of this for me is that so in my head, when I've been constantly talking about this, you know, that the, the guilds will the powerful guilds will not always be powerful because they have to start over every month and so or every campaign at least, which mm-hmm. currently and so but again, in my head, what I'm thinking about is like this is good because it's creating churn at the top, right? So uh-huh. it, it keeps it fresh for for the the quote unquote little guys or whatever to keep playing because you're not just subjected to some dominant force that can't be unseated. Yeah. And that's true. But what it also creates potentially now, again, this is also tied to the fact that, you know, like you said, there was a bit of a population hit. And so that that's different than everyone than the population staying the same and people just changing alliances or changing allegiances is really what I mean. Yeah. That would be a different story than what we have here. But either way, what it also, the scenario it created is that the alliance that we're in from last campaign, we like. I mean, we held to keep the entire campaign with them, right? So they're, I know. They're I great. Know. And there was no fighting ever, there was no drama. People were in Discord, you know, two nights a week for siege nights, if, if not more for other things, but at least people are, are grouping and collaborating for those siege defenses and there was never fighting or anything. It all went great. Mm -hmm. But then go ahead. I mean, it was, I mean, it was the most people that I've been in voice in discord with and, and not had it be super chaotic with people talking over each other and no one knows what's going on. Right. 
And so then that campaign ends, new campaign starts. Well, our alliance, to the point you just made, didn't really have the population to sustain us doing the same thing again. We couldn't mm -hmm. take the remaining people and capture and hold keep again effectively. And, and so that then creates a scenario where, to the point you just made, if we're going to do that, we're going to have to join forces with someone else, right? Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing to think about, too, because the alliances are not born out of, you know, it's easy to look at it on paper and be like, oh, well, this guild's allied with these guilds, and this alliance is made of these guilds, and, you know, it works out for whatever. They're, they're all the same size, or they've got, you know, whatever other similarities that they've, now they're together. But what, the, the, the truth is, is that the alliances are built in many ways, at least on relationships, right? And those human relationships are real. Like, I mean, not, not that we're all best friends and we're all going to each other's weddings now or something, <laughs> but you really do talk to the individuals. And I mean, there's a person behind the, <laughs> behind the centaur, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of what made it difficult for my decision-making because I mean, I, I had this ingrained loyalty towards the Alliance. I mean, we'd been with them for more than a month. I mean, the dregs was just what we had done at that point going into it together, but we had been together through faction versus faction and, and practicing siege mechanics and, and different things, you know, as the game was launched. But so we had talked to them a lot and we all kind of had our, established roles but thinking as well now we have to go join a different alliance it it was like well i don't necessarily want to leave you guys behind if you decide that you want to play again right so i had had different conversations with the people in the guild and and kind of looking at it different changing the mindset as i mean campaigns are going to start and end and just because we're in a certain alliance for one campaign doesn't have to be that alliance forever right i mean it's it may be beneficial to be in this alliance for this particular campaign for our various situation but the next campaign could be completely different and maybe they want to play again and then we can reunite and and do the thing but not worrying too much about, um, well, we're, we're not betraying you guys in that way, right? We're just, we got to play with the active people. Yeah, well, and I think it's it's also just a, because of the way the campaign structure, you know, if you look at a game like EVE Online, which is one, you know, it started in 2005 or whenever it started, and it's that same game world ever since, right? So technically, mm -hmm. if you've been playing since 05, you could still have the first credit that you farmed, right? You could have it hung up in your ship or whatever, like the dollar bill and the plaque kind of thing. Yeah. Not, not really, but you understand my point. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that you had to let go of anything that you've accumulated. And so alliances in a game like that are a lot more committed, right? Because mm -hmm. like you're, you're really potentially in it for the rest of the time that you guys all play the game together. Yeah. And yeah. I think that most people, and obviously I'm making assumptions about other people, but I think a lot of people would think of alliances that way. Like this is a serious 
as far as as far as serious goes in a fantasy game mm-hmm. horsemen this is a serious relationship right and yeah. and in crowfall i i wonder how the player the mindset of the player base at large not just you and our guild and our alliance but at large is going to shift and and be around that because i think that it's almost kind of like if you go to the y and play pickup basketball Mm-hmm. and you play a game and you've got your five and you're playing against another group of five, well, the next day when you show up, you might run, you might play pickup and it might be the same other, you know, the same group of 10 people, but you might be, the the, the teams might be mixed up, right? Yeah. And then when that happens, you're not looking at the guy who was on your team yesterday and you're like, you traitor, you know, it's just like, <laughs> we wanted to play and this is how it worked out and whatever, you know? So I think yeah. that, that that almost pickup game kind of mentality will have to come here. I mean, it's a little more, it's not as flighty as a pickup game. It's not just a, a single, you know, an afternoon or something. The relationship is a little longer than that. And mm-hmm. certainly there's way more time than there is in a single pickup game of, of basketball. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the community responds to that. Because I think that, I, I think you are going to have people that leave but honestly, because of the campaign structure, that might actually be more inviting for people to come back. Because when they come back, they're not now like, oh, I'm behind mm-hmm. however many months of progress. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. they, you know, they're behind to some extent, but not in the way that you would be in, in any other MMO. Yeah, with the shifting alliances, I mean, it, it's not like you're you would be out of a, a particular group or something like that. I mean, you have the potential to start new. And our situation speaks to that point because the group that we're we're going to end up supporting is several of those guilds in there. We probably fought the most mm-hmm. in the last ranks. So potentially enemies becoming teammates. Yeah. And... and everyone was was okay with that i mean the situation that led up to that was there was there was one keep that was unclaimed when the drag starts everyone kind of rushes to get some gold and buy a seed and try and lay down the first claims on the keeps right Mm -hmm. and there's one one keep left uh, unclaimed and we don't know for sure but the reason that was probably the last one to be claimed was because the siege window was going to be like five hours. Um, it was going to be like one of the first keep siege windows to, to come up. Mm-hmm. And so that was like the last one to be claimed because like no one wants to defend it right away. I mean, you could buy the seed, lay it down and then lose it the next, you know, uh, few hours but right so there was a group of guilds that decided to make their claim on that keep and we're thinking in in our internal guild and alliances like that's pretty bold moves to go for that one because of the siege window potentially coming up here shortly and they might lose it and so we're like you know our alliance situation is kind of chaotic let's help them and so we contacted them and asked what their progress was, what they were trying to do. 
and they're like, hey, man, we, we just got this keep, and we're trying to get the materials to get the walls up and everything for for the defense because it's going to happen soon. We, we, we need walls. And we're like, okay, uh, we'll help you build the walls. And so we ran our groups, gathered some, some materials, and were able to trade them off to the other alliance so they could get their get their walls up. Mm. And see, at, at this whole this whole time, we were in the remaining remnants of the alliance that we had already had, because that was like just the starting point. It's like, well, look, I'll invite everyone, and we'll just see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So we're already an alliance, so we can't just outright join their alliance. So we help them with the materials and um, run around in their zone during the siege window to kind of maybe potentially run some interference. Uh, I mean, we don't have that many people, but maybe it can distract and maybe help them out to keep the keep. Right. But everything seemed to work out. I mean, we ended up dying a lot, but the keep still stood. <laughs> and it looks like that we will finally get into their alliance after there's a 24-hour timer if you disband the alliance. And But working all that out, finalized, uh, we should eventually be in their alliance uh, shortly. Yeah, and I think I think that the player base will probably always be able to, you know let the past be the past, if you will, when it comes to guilds that they fought before, because uh-huh. that's the game. Right. However, and I'm this is a completely made-up scenario. I, I'm not implying that this happened in any way, but for example, if you, or will happen, if you trade all those resources to that guild, and then you help them by running the interference, but you're not actually in the alliance yet, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then they don't let you in. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, really... Or, you know, th- this is kind of segueing a little bit into to an- another change they made that you had brought up offline, which is that now the way that Dreg's rewards are going to be distributed is they will be distributed to the Alliance leader, and then the Alliance leader will distribute them out to the member guilds, right? Yeah, and that's Conquest uh, rewards. Right. So, yeah, yeah with, with the points that you generate from the keeps, holding right. the keeps and stuff, right? Yeah, so... So, or for example, if they let you in and and then they they snubbed you on rewards at the end, right? We get no mm-hmm. rewards, even though that's not our understanding going into it. Mm-hmm. If people, I guess my the point I'm making is, if people are dishonest, that won't be forgotten, right? Yes. Like if people are dishonest with one another, then you will see people unwilling to group and play with each other, which could be catastrophic for the health of the community at large, because it's not that large. And Mm -hmm. if we don't have people willing to make alliances to keep it fun and keep the fights going, then that could be a problem. So hopefully people don't try and be shady. (laughs) (laughs) And well, and just, and just, I mean, again, the game is designed so you can kill each other. So you don't need to be shady. Just go kill them. And yeah, I'll forgive you for that. <laughs> I, I, I don't see it happening in that way. Like, I mean, there's all those Eve stories of, of various heists and, and different things like that. But because the, the campaigns restart and everything, and like you said, someone being dishonest or really trying to screw someone over, 
I mean, you would have to change a character name. You would have to change a guild name. I mean, it, it's not that it couldn't be done, but it's just a lot to go through to be that way when it doesn't really need to be that way. Yeah, well, and, and you know, in the days of, of the old MMOs when voice chat was not common, so we're talking 15 years plus ago, that would be more viable. But now with the, the prevalence of... The thing is, is that if you're playing Crowfall, yeah, you're your account name in that. Mm-hmm. But if you play with anyone else, almost instantly you're in Discord, right? Yeah. yeah. And so... It just gets to try and have to try and be shady and then create a new Crowfall identity. Well, you better have a new Discord identity too. And if you're ever in voice chat with anyone, you better not sound the same. Because if you're yeah. like, wait a minute, I thought you were new, but you actually sound like Tom who screwed me over before. And I hate took that. all my discipline. Yeah, you are Tom. And then, you know, so yeah. Again, I hope people don't try it. I hope people do stay. Do keep it above board. And I do think that that's actually one of the things that you get from a smaller, more dedicated community mm-hmm. is less of that. Because anyone yeah. who's there really wants to be there. So they're interested in keeping it healthy, too. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been able to talk to probably more guilds than I had previously just because we've been around more now mm-hmm. in the dregs and more people recognize us. But everyone that I've talked to has been open and cordial and and, and they all kind of have the same, the same goal of trying to help out some of the smaller guilds. I mean, even the bigger alliances have smaller guilds in them. Mm. and they were talking about giving people the experience of what it's like to have a keep in the dregs. Like the alliance that that we're going to be in, none of those guilds have have held a keep in the dregs. Mm. Like we're coming in as as a guild that has experienced that, right? Being able to hold a keep for the entire dregs last time. So we kind of know how important it is, how the defenses work in, in stuff but a lot of people haven't been able to have that experience and if they're still playing then it's definitely important to show them what it could be right yeah well because i'll say and again you know i definitely have have tried to be i i feel like i'm trying to find a balance like when we very first started this podcast it almost felt like we were making the show on behalf of Artcraft, right? Like everything was pro all of the time. Everything was positive. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like I wasn't really being authentic entirely. So I've tried to, mm-hmm. to be more open. But I feel like now I've almost leaned too far into the concerns and the why is this not this way and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and, and the truth is, is that, you know, it's not perfect as nothing is. But... Mm-hmm. For some of the things that are deeply frustrating, which I will not get into now, the game does some things so well. And mm-hmm. and frankly, the root base game of PvPing and keep sieging, I think is excellent. I think it's yeah. just really, really well done. And, and so you, the reason I say all that is just to say you're absolutely right that it's important that people who are playing see that because it is actually really cool. Like it's, it's really yeah. well done. Um, yeah. 
I mean, to be able to log into Dregs, which is a chaotic zone that everyone's looking to take your head, mm-hmm. to be able to have a keep, go there, see it upgrade, see the walls go up, see the different buildings, get, see all the buffs, be able to form groups out of the keep, go do your farming, come back. I mean, you'll get the vault in and the respawn point if you can hold it long enough and upgrade it, right? It definitely gives you a base of operations to be able to function in the dregs and let all of your your players benefit from that. Well, and it creates something to rally around to to try and defend it, right? And it Mm -hmm. gives everyone, like, you're going and farming not just to increase your own character's power level or your own guild's power level, but to try and be better equipped to defend the keep, whether that be through donating materials to the keep structures itself or just having materials to make ballistas or whatever the case is, or or to just be better equipped to fight in the keep defense. But it, it, it's, it gives something to, it gives a focus to the activities of the game. Yeah, I, I think it's done really well, like you were saying. And, you know, there there are things to be worked out. I think everyone understands that it's an evolving process and it's still being developed and things are still changing. And, and that's great. I mean, um, but at, at the core of it, I, I think it's something pretty special. Yeah, no, I would, I would completely agree. And the other thing, I, you know, that I wanted to say... I noticed it today as we started to sit down to record this episode. You know, this is episode 16 for us. We started that we we released our first episode, I think maybe the day the game came out or maybe it was the day before it came out or the day, I don't know, somewhere at the very at, at the game launch we released. And we released an episode a week. So what that means is that this is week 16 of Crowfall being a live playable game by the world. Hey. And that's not very long. Yeah. <laughs> it's 16 weeks. <laughs> right. It's still very early. I mean, how how impatient are we as as gamers? It's like, oh man, I can't take it. And then, you know, you we give it a week or a month and then we're on to the next game. There's so many games. But but yeah, 16 weeks for an MMO, that's that's nothing. Right, right. We got so much more to see and yeah. see it change and develop. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to see how the the politics of this campaign shakes out. And honestly, you know, looking ahead, I'm excited to see what it looks like in November, just to see, are there powerhouse alliances established this time that actually do carry over next time? And if so, how many, you know, I mean, not necessarily a pure head count, but just are the top three alliances this dregs, whatever that ends up being, are they also the top three next time? And if, mm-hmm. if so, then that's really interesting. And if not, that's really interesting. So I'm I'm fascinated, really, no matter what, to see kind of what, what plays out. Because we've had, as you said at the very beginning, you know, you're feeling revolutionary. We've had this revolution now. So it's interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you wanted to cover in this episode? Let's get some gold. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Well, that's all for the show today. You can follow us on Twitter and Minds at Crowfall Pod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett and is all about why gaming matters. Thanks again for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up. <music>